Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. <laughs> It's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. So the Blue Jays win 7-2 over the Angels. Your scoreboard update for Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, you can call 310-GLASS today. This is Inside Sports on 630. Ched, thanks to Gene Principe for coming in studio, host of Oilers Hockey on Sportsnet. Love uh, talking to Gene. I've known him for uh, a long time. I used to call or bug him for career advice when I was uh, working in Lloyd Minster and he was doing sports at uh, HL. Gene's just a genuinely nice guy, just a, uh, a warm human being. He's, he's sort of like a comfortable old blanket. <laughs> That's Gene Principe. He's the comfortable old blanket of the Edmonton sports media scene. Is he like that blue blanket that uh, Linus used to drag around? Yes, he, he is yeah. like Linus's blanket. Okay. I guess. Sure. <laughs> uh, well? No, I, that That's the thing, though, is that People forget how long he's been in the industry for. He's he's a he's a veteran well, he's, and a wealth of knowledge. He's seventy two years now, old. So. Oh yeah, looks yeah, great like, for seventy two. Like it, it's it's him and Halsey <laughs> on the seniority t- chart, right? So uh, no, he's a, he's a he's a he's a great guy. Thanks to yeah. Gene for coming in. By the way, uh, you you liked that interview? You want uh, or you missed it? You want to hear it? You can go to the Inside Sports page on six thirty ched dot com. Check out all our interviews from past shows. We had Phil Esposito on a couple of weeks ago. That was uh, pretty spirited. Thanks again for tuning in. A lot to get to this uh, hour of the show as well. Dave Campbell is going to talk a little Eskimos in a few minutes. Of course, members of Canada's Olympic team starting to uh, arrive home. Penny Alexiak, four-time medalist in swimming. Greeted by uh, a lot of uh, friends, family, and fans at Pearson International Airport. She really appreciated the welcome. It's pretty great just to come home and see all these people who've been supporting me throughout the whole process of this. And honestly, I couldn't be here without everyone's support. Rosie McLennan, two-time gold medalist in trampoline, one in London, one again this year, says she really appreciated the support of Canadians uh, back home. They certainly had an impact in Rio, she says. We can feel it down in Rio, and it definitely built up some momentum and it inspired us and kept us motivated. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy to see the reception that we got here, but it's uh, definitely nice. All right, now, so up next in Rio is going to be the Paralympics. World Sports' highest appeals court has upheld 
a ban on Russia from even taking part in the Paralympics. They're supposed to start next month. The Court of Arbitration for Sport rejected Russia's appeal to be allowed to compete at the Paralympics in Rio. The court said the International Paralympic Committee's decision to ban Russia had not violated any rules and was proportionate given the doping allegations against the country. The International Paralympic Committee has welcomed the decision, saying it hopes it will force Russia to change. Russia's sports minister, though, said the decision was political. Patrick Rival, ABC News, Moscow. All right, and uh, don't forget, we have a... Uh, remember we interviewed Aaron Young? Yes. A uh, young lady from Legal, Alberta, mm-hmm. on the uh, Canadian Paralympic basketball team. We'll have to yep. touch base with her before she goes down to Rio. Great, mm-hmm. uh, great story there. Yep. She'll be representing our country. Got a text here from Bruce to 630-630. He says, read the uh, Tom Kiefer, a.k.a. Cinderella show, was really good. About 750 people, half middle-aged men with their hands in the air, the other half middle-aged women who should forget spandex was invented. That is Bruce's review of the Cinderella show uh, at the Deerfoot Inn in Calgary. Remember, yeah. he texted us last week that he was going. Yeah. And it autocorrected to the Detroit Inn in Calgary, mm-hmm. which I read on air, and I was confused. And then he wrote back, like, well, sorry, autocorrect. Which is it's a completely different Inn. thing. Yeah. Is there a yeah. Detroit Inn in Calgary? I Probably don't think so. not. That'd be a weird name for a, a hotel in Calgary. Yeah. So there you go. Cinderella. Don't know what you got till it's gone. Great song. Didn't they have a song called Snow White? Wasn't yes. there a song called Snow White by Cinderella? Yeah. Covering all the Disney princess angles. I believe Are so. Are they both Disney princesses? Yes. I don't know. Sure. Ariel, is that another Disney yes. princess? There you go. Uh, who else? The the Beauty from Beauty and the Beast, what was her name? Belle. Belle? Belle. Belle. Uh, how many Disney princesses are there? Uh... <laughs> I would ask you. You worked at Blockbuster, so you I should know this. Well, I should know that. <laughs> the Disney movies in the clamshell. They were big. Some people yeah. would buy them and never open them because yeah. they would only release movies once every 12 years exactly. or something on VHS. Exactly. You know, yeah. Now Disney's just, what do they do? You can just download everything. Well, they bought exactly. Star Wars, so I guess they're doing okay financially. Mm-hmm. It is uh, 8-10. It is Inside Sports on 6.30. Chad, Pat Watkins, one of the performers of the week in the CFL. We'll talk some Eskimos with Dave Campbell when we get back. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chet. It is 8-14. I mentioned the Blue Jays beat the Angels 7-2. The Red Sox are trying to close out Tampa Bay. They are up 2-1 with uh, now one out in the bottom of the ninth. If Boston wins, they remain tied with the Blue Jays for first in the American League East. Jamie Benn will not be able to play for Canada in the World Cup of Hockey. Logan Couture will get his spot on the roster. Dave Campbell is the producer of this show and our color analyst on our Eskimos broadcast right here on 630 Chet. Dave, how are you doing? Very well, Reed. How are you? Well, I'm doing great. Are you... uh are you suffering any Olympic viewing withdrawal? I mean, you were pretty busy because you had to travel <laughs> to Toronto for the Eskimos game and stuff. Oh, but, but the game was on in the hotel room. The, the games were on. The, the Olympics were on oh, in the hotel yeah. room. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it, you know, I, it's funny. The lead-up to it, I get annoyed with it. Yeah. Because uh, you, it's all you hear about, and it's mostly negative. Yes. And this will be the worst games ever. Uh, they're not ready. It's a dirty country. It's so corrupt. Uh you know the 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 Olympic Village. The you know the toilets overflow and there's bugs crawling all over the place and the food's bad and blah 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 and traffic. You know, and then the games start and you just get, you just it's like you get uh, intoxicated with it. it. But it's great. It's it's a lot of fun and I, I enjoy it. 
of course, we're in the in the sports business here, so we cover sports here, so it's easy to get involved in it. But yeah, at home, I found myself, you know, even putting it on, knowing an event was coming. I mean, the, the time difference was great for us. That's what I. That's what I find too. Sometimes with the Olympics, I'm more interested the less the time change there is because you can watch stuff you could watch stuff live at a yeah. pretty reasonable hour in yep. Edmonton and there was stuff going on all day as opposed to oh all the events I would like to watch live are happening at 3 a.m. yeah so I'm not you know no, I'm you're right. ready to rearrange my life so this is what I do now um, I'm a little disappointed because the the you know a little suffering a bit of withdrawal I think that's a good word just because you're so into it right and there were so many great moments and now it's back to the mundane sports world because there's not much going on right now. Um, but, yeah, you, you kind of miss it. But then I'm going to loathe the IOC for the next two and a half years until we get to South Korea and the Winter Olympics, right. and I'll get excited again. Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any problem with the athletes for the most part because they put in a lot of work. And, of course, sure. we, we talked to so many of them uh, before and after and a, a bit during. And, uh, but I can't stand the people who run the IOC. <laughs> It's a very corrupt, corrupt organization, in my opinion. So, can't stand you. See you in 2018 in South Korea. Though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Dave Cavill joining us on uh, Inside Sports. The Eskimos getting ready to host the Saskatchewan Rough Riders on Friday night. 8 o'clock kickoff, remember. Our pregame show here on 6.30, Chad, will start at 6. Look, Pat Watkins came up with a couple of picks. He's one of the performers of the week in the CFL or, or whatever they call them now. <laughs> uh, I mean, look, the, the Eskimos defense in my mind, should have been able to limit Toronto in that game, given their quarterback situation. Certainly the second pick to Watkins was, I don't know if Watkins turned invisible for a split second, but was right to him. <laughs> but still, I mean, he made the play, made a great pick earlier in the game. Uh, we wondered about his health earlier in the season, and now you really start to think, like, okay, Watkins is, is clearly different the last couple of games. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I go back to the game against the Bombers here about a month ago. He looked terrible. You know, he, he flat out looked bad. He was their worst defensive back in that game. And it looked like he had something bothering him, you know, with the, with the leg, uh, with the leg, because, and Blake Dermott, our in-game analyst, brought it up that it looks like he had, was walking with a straight leg. And for some reason, I guess he was able to run still with it, but he looked, he looked terrible in that game. He was giving up uh, 10 yards of depth because he yeah. you know, clearly could not hang with a receiver, uh, you know, facing up in man coverage. And then he, when he tried man coverage, he got blown apart. Um, but then they go to Ottawa. The Eskimos go to Ottawa. They had four days off off the field and gets a matchup with Chris Williams. And you're going, okay, well, oh, boy, this is going to be really tough for Pat Watkins. And he limits Chris Williams' numbers. And uh, he, he got lucky a couple times because Williams dropped the ball. Once, I remember, uh, an open field. Yep. And uh, there was also another time where uh, he was wide open and had about five-yard separation, but Pat Watkins is 6'5", and Chris Williams is not. He's much right. shorter. So, <laughs> uh, And then, you know, Deron Carter. And I didn't think Deron Carter had the most inspired game against the Eskimos when they played the Alouettes, but he was physical on Deron Carter, and Deron Carter wanted nothing to do with that. So... Great on Pat Watkins to limit him to 28 yards on three catches on 10 targets. Mm -hmm. And then uh, gets a matchup with Deontay Spencer, who had a great game the week before against the Bombers. 146 yards, uh, 11 catches, and a touchdown. 
and you know took advantage of a quarterback that isn't really very any you know isn't really, really any good in right. Logan Kilgore. So, but you know Pat Watkins I think looks comfortable, uh, understands the system a lot better. And when you're out on that island on the on the weak side corner, you're facing a pretty good receiver every game, and I think he's done a good job of studying up. Uh, understanding their keys. This guy has got a lot of pride, too. This guy's got, you know, he's been a football player for 10 years in the pro game, NFL and the CFL, and I'm I'm really happy for him. I, I question, you question at times, even when we throw in Marcel Young, are one of these two guys going to be gone? Yep. They're still hanging around, and they're holding their own, especially number nine. You know, I, I want to bring up, Dave, the pass interference. And Do it! it, it when, when people see a penalty called... Um, you know, it's one it, it's one of two things often. You, you criticize the player or you criticize the official. That mm-hmm. happens a lot in the CFL. There were two specific pass interference calls on Saturday that I questioned. Marcel Young was called for PI in the end zone, and uh, there was a Toronto DB called early in the game for a pass interference on Nate Kuhorn. But when Riley, by the way, did a great job to avoid a sack, uh, threw it downfield, the PI call led to a first down that kept the drive going to an Eskimos touchdown. And in those cases, I, I would I would defend the officials because there there are two things here. There there are there's there's the officials making the decision to throw a flag, but they're doing it because they're interpreting a rule. And, and I think here with some of the PI calls, let's not pick on the officials so much. Let's let's th- think about the way the rule is written. Mm-hmm. It's not the ref's job to go out there and say, oh, I don't really like that rule, so I'm going to be more lean. I mean, they're told, and, and I'm kind of contradicting myself here because I believe rules in sports should favor the offense. They should favor the team that has the ball, puck, whatever. Um, but I also am a little frustrated with those calls on the, on the weekend because I saw a guy on, on each team, so I'm not just saying in favor of the Eskimos here, I saw a defensive back on each team make a pretty good quick aggressive yes but not necessarily over the top move to the ball and Mm -hmm. and i just wonder if when you look at pass interference they need to go back and say let's not penalize aggressive and uh, defenders who anticipate where the ball's going you know i think we need to get back to when pass interference impedes the receiver's ability to get the football not the slightest little tug, right. <laughs> um, arm around the shoulder pad, arm around the waist, um, ha- incidental, well, hand fighting, I guess, you know, that incidental contact where you're just fighting for position. That was with the uh, Marcel Young call. That's what that was. And the receiver grabbed Young in. Mm-hmm. And the only thing Young did wrong, I guess, is he didn't look back to the football. So by rule, it counts, but... Um, we're really we're really scraping the lowest common denominator here, you know, as as far as what's a call on PI. And I go back to roughing the passer too. You know, I don't like these marginal marginal calls on marginal or sorry, these calls on marginal contact to the head. Mm-hmm. You know, I, if you just graze the head with your with your arm, that shouldn't be called. If you're lowering your forearm, which you wouldn't do because you'd probably break your forearm hitting a, hitting a helmet, but if you if it's if it's if it's blatantly late and it's blatantly reckless to the well, head, like Munoz against y- Riley and exactly. Ottawa, yeah. But I saw you know Kyrie Bear against the Eskimos gets called for minimal contact to the head, and I'm going no, 
That, that's not roughing the passer, okay? We're protecting quarterbacks way too much, in my opinion. There's got to be some acceptable contact uh, allowed. Uh, but going back to P.I., um, yeah, I want to see more calls. Did the play actually impede the receiver from getting the football? You know, we're favoring offense way too much, in my opinion. It's, it's just blatantly, you know, it's just bad, in my opinion. So they, they have to go back, I think, the CFL, Glenn Johnson and company, and really look at the rules and tweak this. So, you know, we're not looking at the slightest contact that mm-hmm. gets called. And then everything's going to get challenged, and that's going to slow the game down, and then fans are going to be confused if it's not. Like, you know, it just leads to this whole, yeah. uh, you know, like it's, it's like a spiral of confusion and game delays and, and all this kind of stuff. So, yeah. yeah, I hope that, and I understand, like, and that's the thing. They, it's like they want to remove the judgment calls from what the officials are doing, but isn't that why we have officials? So they can make judgments and mm-hmm. we accept there's going to be debate. But yep. I mean, it's like, it's like you said, well, anytime a helmet is brushed, it's a, a blow to the head. Well, no, it isn't. Yep. A, a guy inadvertently having his thumb hit the logo of the helmet is, is not roughing the passer, but it's called because it's head contact. I mean, you go back to when the rule was implemented that pass interference could be challenged by review. Um, you know, <laughs> And there was a lot of controversy because, you know, even myself, I'm going, well, that doesn't look like pass interference or that does look like pass interference. But I think it was more in blatant contact. Yes. You know, and and if it was an actual grab, an actual turn, you know, not just, oh, well, the hand was on the waist. So now we're just going to, you know, we're just going right. to assume that the intention of the DB was to turn the receiver away from the ball. No, like that's the type of judgment call I don't like. Yeah. Now, now you're putting thoughts into the DB's head and, 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 and assuming intentionality, I don't like that. You're supposed to call blatant things, obvious things. You know, not a hand on the shoulder. That's not, you know, oh, put his hand on the shoulder. So what? Did, did it prevent the receiver from getting the football? You should have to work also to, to, to get the football. You know, so it's just too easy for me. And it's, uh, it's, it's we're not going in the right direction. All I'll right, ju- I'll just say that. All right, uh, before I, I let you go, uh, what's going on at running back for the Eskimos? Well, right now it's Shakir Bell taking first-team reps because John White is still dealing with uh, with that hand injury, which uh, cut or whatever. Uh, Jason Moss is still saying, I'm not declaring him out. I'm not declaring him in. Mm-hmm. Uh, still day-to-day. It's just the Jason Moss uh, way of doing things. Um, some coaches come out and say it. Some coaches don't. So uh, Jason Moss is I don't have to declare my roster until I have to declare it. So at this point, I'm going to hold out hope that John White's going to play. The likelihood from where I see things is he's not going to play and it's going to be Shakir Bell starting at running back. So uh, like John White, I think skill wise running and and catching, they're going to miss if John White can't play, they're going to miss his blocking. All right, Dave, thanks for your time, buddy. Thank you. That is Dave Campbell, Eskimos analyst here on 630 Chad, the producer of Inside Ports, Eskimos and Riders on Friday. Coverage will start at 6 o'clock here on 630 Chad. All right, been a fun show so far. We are not done. We're going to do something uh, a little different. We're going to talk roller hockey, but a very special story coming out of our city and our province. We'll tell you about some youngsters that made a little bit of history recently. That's ahead. All right, it's Inside Sports on 6.30. Chad, thank you for tuning in tonight. 8.32 is the time of the evening.
Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Reed Wilkins uh, with you. The Blue Jays uh, winning tonight 7-2. Eskimos and Riders coming up on uh, Friday. A lot to talk about this week on Inside Sports, ramping up our hockey coverage uh, as well. Always a lot going on. You can always text 630-630, the phone number 780-496-0063. Well, as I, as I mentioned a few times, um, I always enjoy uh, uh, talking to you, but uh, I want you to remember the email address, insidesports at 630ched.com, because I got some really cool segment suggestions from the email, including uh, this next one. This is about uh, an Alberta team that won a North American championship, and I'm going to let the uh, coach and an assistant captain from the team tell uh, most of this story. I want to welcome to the show, first of all, uh, Coach Kirk Jensen. Kirk, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? Great, great uh, Reed. How are you this evening? Doing great. Also joined by Peyton McDonald-Korea, who's uh, an assistant captain. Hi, Peyton. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing very well. All right. So, uh, as I mentioned, coach and player from the Team Alberta AAA 2003 roller hockey team. So, Kirk, I'm, I'm guessing this was a team of, of, uh, of 13-year-olds then. That's right, 12- and 13-year-olds of the 2003 birth year. Uh, a group of players we put together back in May um, that all made Team Alberta from different parts of Alberta and communities in Edmonton and uh, yeah, wanted to come together and do something special. So how many kids made the team? Well, what, roller hockey is a little different than hockey. We had uh, four forwards and three defensemen and a goalie, so we took eight. That's it, eh? Okay. Yep. Uh, Peyton, where are you from? I'm from St. Albert. All right. How long have you been playing roller hockey? Three years. Three years. Now, do you do... Uh, tell, tell me a little bit about how you got into it. Um, well, a couple friends of mine um, started playing, and they asked if I wanted to come out for a skate. And I said, yeah, sure. So I came out, I met the coach and everything, and I liked the sport. So after that, I um, asked if I could be on the team, and... I did. Okay, so you got pretty good pretty quick then. Kirk, uh, I mean, here's here's the standard question, and I, I hope you don't roll your eyes when I ask this because you probably get asked it a lot, but I want to set some context. Is this is this a, a summer option for ice hockey players, or are there kids who play roller hockey and don't play ice hockey, or how does it fit into the you know participation wheel, I guess, if you want to call it that? Yeah, got you. Fair question. Uh, and I would say it's more of a spring option as well as if you want to take it to an elite level where you want to represent your province at the North American Championships, it moves into the summer, into late July and August. But yeah, we start in uh, mid-April uh, with an opening tournament where we kind of get tiering all the different teams. And then we play up until June, the end of June, which is the end of the school year. Uh, and that is uh, where our provincial championships are. And we rotate that between in Calgary, Red Deer, and Edmonton. And, and then after that, Team Alberta kicks in, and we uh, go through July uh, with a performance camp and practices. And then at the end of the July, beginning of August, we go down to the States, and we play for the, the big prize. Okay. Well, I want to get more into that, too. But, but Peyton, um, I mean, you, you were able to make – had you been on a Team Alberta team before in, in roller hockey? Yes. Okay. So you kind of knew uh, the, the competition level. How tough is it to make the team? Um, it's pretty tough. There's a lot of players that come together and try out. Yeah. Kirk, how how would you, it, it's, you know, I've seen roller hockey. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert. How would you, uh, I mean, people hear the word hockey and think, okay, well, it's pretty similar, but it's not on ice. How, what, how would you compare and contrast roller hockey to ice hockey? Yeah. Okay, Reed, yeah. Well, 
hockey is kind of a dump and chase game, as, as we all kind of know, where uh, inline hockey is more of a possession game and patience. Um, what we do is we, we do, there's a lot of flow. The, the players are passing the puck around. In fact, it's even, you know, you line up with forwards and defense, but a lot of times it's almost like basketball or soccer. Read where a lot of the players, the defense is jumping in, the, the forwards are swinging back. So there's a lot of, uh, if you want to call it resetting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, possession is the big part of the game. In fact, if you watch some of the professional teams that play for up to $25,000 for a tournament, you'll see them and they'll hold on to the puck and then all of a sudden there'll be an explosion of action where they'll see a, a play develop and uh, it's gone back door and it's in the net. But it's a lot more possession and patience. Uh, so it's, it's similar to hockey with the different skills, but the strategy and actually the fun part of it for the kids is they, they like the passing and they like the possession. Is, is, there, uh, is there body contact? How physical is it? And I imagine it probably changes as, as kids get older. Yeah, well, there's no quote-unquote hitting in inline for sure um but you know uh there there can be the odd bump and rub uh when you're angling somebody off but no there's no no official hitting in inline and it would be dangerous if there was just the way the the wheels and all that work as opposed to skates okay Peyton, give me a couple things that you like most about the game um meeting new friends um different games so it's like a lot funner you possession um you better say possession reader. I'm going to have a chat with him afterwards. <laughs> What's a typical score? I mean, is it more likely to be eight seven than a than an ice hockey game, or yeah, um, or not really? It, well, it depends really on the two different teams. And, and okay. maybe if you want to just tell them some of the scores that we had there in the the tournament this year, like what was against Ontario? What the score was was five two. Yeah. Okay, so it's all right. So it's pretty. <laughs> All right. Uh, all right. So we're on the line here with Kirk Jensen. He's the uh, coach of the Team Alberta AAA 2003 roller hockey team. Peyton McDonald, Korea, assistant captain with the team. So first of all, how did you guys qualify to go to the North American Championships, or what, what was that process like? Well, the process for that is that um, every state um, and every province, you'll, they'll have tryouts where actually the people come in from New York, uh, Tim McManus and Greg Thompson. Uh, actually, Greg Thompson was the captain of the U.S. team. They'll bring qualified evaluators in and actually evaluate the team. Uh, and we'll have it as well all the way from, like, 2005 birth year all the way up to 99s. Okay. And uh, they, they select the team, and then, uh, you know, we can have an A team, a double A, and a triple A. Oh. And this year we took the most number of teams down ever, which was nine. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. so does that does that speak to? Well, I assume it speaks to the quality, but that but that does that also mean that there's more youngsters participating? Yeah, in fact, this year in the different tournaments that we had throughout the province, we've never had so many teams playing as we've had this year. Why do you think that is? You know, I think it's well. One thing is that um, as opposed to winter hockey, where you're kind of put on a team, you kind of kind of set a group of players or a group of friends if they want to play together, and I think that's really something that attracts a lot of people is that you know they can play with their friends like Peyton mentioned there earlier uh, that's a big part and, and also meet new players Peyton once you got to the tournament in Indiana how, tell me a little bit about the quality of the competition oh the competition was great um, a lot of tough teams but um, we're a good team too so we weren't scared right got um Work hard, play, um, have a good game plan, and 
possession again. So who'd you play? Who'd you play in the final? Michigan. And t- what, tell me how that game went down. Uh, um, it was like so. Um, we came under the gates hard. Um, we scored three goals, and then they came back. Um, it was three one, and then like three uh, three two, and then we scored again um, to make it four two, and then they came back in the final minute to make it four four. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and it went on to overtime. And um, they, it was like um, 55 seconds in, there was like, they um, they almost scored. They missed the net on like a wraparound. And we came back with the puck and um, scored. Who got the goal? Jaden Smith. Got to give him a shout out. Peyton, what, what was your reaction when you guys got the winning goal? Um, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Kirk, you as a as a coach, I mean, obviously, uh, coaches have, have have so much pride. What was your experience as a coach throughout this tournament? Oh, it's you know when when you can bring a group of kids together, you know they were from every, we had eight players and everyone was from a different hockey association. So it wasn't like we had a three or four kids from one place or another. There was Sherwood Park, St. Albert, Leduc, Watasquin, West End, Southside, Red, like just everywhere in Alberta. And when you can bring a group of kids like that that want to come together that have a common goal and then see that come to fruition and and you know the the great thing in, about it was at the hotel and during before the games and after the games there was never a little group of kids that wanted to have a click it was like everybody was always playing with everybody else and to see that both off the ice and then on the surface and for me i've been coaching for seven years so this has been a work in progress and just to tell you a little bit about Michigan, they're three-time defending champions, oh, and wow. they were the 03 brick team that was here. A lot of their players. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So it's and then in fact we had a team from Great Britain that came out this year to uh, this, the championships. But uh, to see all that come together and then to take it from the champion, they're, they're, I mean, I've had a lot of successes in my life, but that was one that I will never forget. Uh, sharing it that with the kids and the coaches and the parents. Well, what a great group of parents too. Sorry, Kurt, which really well, helps. Yeah, what's the what's the, what's the significance for an Alberta team winning this tournament? Well, in the AAA division, um, no no team ever in any division has ever beat Ontario. So we beat them in the semi, and then to win a AAA championship, a gold medal that was the only gold medal that came across the border from any province, and then only the second one ever for Alberta. So it was a great accomplishment for the boys and. Uh, Championship rings are being ordered as we speak. Kirk, what about? I mean, I asked uh, Peyton about getting into it. Uh, I, I mean, you're the you're the coach, so obviously you're older than him. Uh, <laughs> but uh, what what about your your journey to becoming a, a, a coach for inline hockey? Yeah, well, it started way back. Boy, when it was seven year olds, and uh, I was at a what do they call it? A sign up session in Beaumont, where you could sign up for baseball or lacrosse or anything else, and. One of the uh, parents that I had coached in uh, IP hockey said, well, why don't you, uh, Michael, why don't you sign up for inline and be a coach in inline? I go, inline, what's that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, that's where it all began uh, with Glenda Roberts back in Beaumont, and uh, away we went, and here we are seven years later, and I, have, I just love the way the, runs, the league is run, edmontoninline.eb.ca, do a great job with their scheduling, and it's, it's only during the week, so they get the weekends off. Um, so, like, I know with my daughter, she's not having to sit in rinks during the weekends, and so 
you know, it's, it's a great family thing, too, where you can still have your weekends during the summer, which we know are pretty short. Yeah. Well, this is a, this is a really cool success story. And, Kirk, it was, you, it was you that reached out to me and said, hey, hey, would you like to talk to us? And, and, and I'm glad to do it because it's an Alberta story. It's, it's an Edmonton and area story. And, and uh, you know, to be quite honest, it's, it's a sport that, that uh, I mean, like many, there are a lot of people working very hard at it at all ages, and they don't always get a lot of, a, a lot of attention. Peyton, what's, uh, now what's up for you? Uh, are you going to do some other sports here during the winter and the school year, or, or what's next? Well, I play ice hockey during the school year, and then in the summer I play um, in my now, like, full-time. Nice, okay. So you're keeping busy. And, Kirk, are you keeping coaching during the winter, or do you get do you take a break now? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, you know, I've, well, I've been coaching every year, every winter so far. Um, and, you know, it, I always, whatever is best for the team, the kids and the association, I'll step forward if they need a hand. And, uh, and I, like I said, I enjoy working with the kids uh, and help them out but yeah it's uh, something that it's always an option for sure Reed. all right Kirk did I miss anything that you wanted to get out there you know the only thing if anybody wants to go to edmontoninline.ab.ca to uh, check out a little bit more about uh, inline hockey or AMRA A-M-R-H-A Alberta Minor Role Hockey Association dot com uh, that gives them more information if they'd like on uh, on inline hockey in the spring all right, and what, 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 just for whoever wants to jump in for both of you, what would you say that the, the best thing about, uh, you know, whether it's fitness, teamwork, camaraderie, or just learning new skills, what, what's the best thing about being involved in inline? Making new friends. There you go. Yeah. I can't say more than that, Reed. Good stuff. That, uh, the first voice was Peyton McDonald, Cor- uh, Korea assistant captain for the uh, North American Championship team. Kirk Jensen is uh, their head coach. Hey, thanks so much for coming on, guys. I really appreciate you making time for Inside Sports. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you very much, Reed. Have a good night. Right on. Great stuff. Great story, man. Uh, well, you heard them mention it. That That is... Uh, they beat Ontario. That doesn't happen. Only the second Alberta team to bring back a championship from the uh, North American tournament. So a group of 12 and 13 year olds, just eight of them on the team, four forwards, three D, and one goalie. Kirk Jensen, uh, their coach. Good stuff and an exciting overtime victory in the final over Michigan. Enjoyed doing that segment. Enjoyed doing something a little different and uh, finding those good success stories out there. That came through an email inside sports at six thirty ched dot com. If you send me something. I will, uh, I will look into it and see if there's a, a way we can get it out there to the listeners. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. It's 847. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Exceptional season leads the CFL in passing yards with uh, 2,843. Write that number down. There might be a quiz later. <laughs> uh, 14 touchdowns ties him for first with Bo Levi Mitchell from the Calgary Stampeders, who's pretty good. Uh, people always make fun of me or tell me I'm wrong. I still think Zach Kalaros is the best quarterback in the league. He See, hasn't played a lot the lo- and, last year. And I'll disagree with you because I think the best player in the league plays right here and wears number 13. So, Fair enough. Just my opinion. Fair enough. You know, it's one of those. I, I just think uh, I think Kalaros is plenty dangerous. Though Riley's having an exceptional year. The Eskimos are a more offensive team. They're, they're, they're have a, there's a greater, what am I trying to say here? 
It's late. I need my milk. Uh, they are a more diverse offensive team. That's all I'm trying to say. There's more variety to the offense. Uh, there's a little more going on with the plays. I think sometimes the plays uh, take a little longer to develop than what they're used to. But, I mean, Moss is trying to free receivers up with double moves and keep uh, defenses uh, off guard and all that kind of stuff. I like it for the most part. I, I, I Personally, I think there's a significant drop-off from John White to Shakir Bell at running back. I, I really do. I've never been a huge Shakir Bell fan. I think he's a bit of a gimmicky runner. I think White is just flat out better. And maybe that's a bit of a worry for me going into the game against Saskatchewan. But Walker and Bowman, top two receivers in the league. Bowman, 59. I wrote all this down for... I have. I keep a notebook every day, right? Yeah. Bowman, 59 catches for 875 yards. Walker, 58 catches for 837 yards. That's pretty good. Both numbers are awesome. Yeah, could get... Well, they'd be a little under under pace for 2,000 yards now, but mm-hmm. we'll see what they, they wind up in the weekend. We do want to talk about Pat Pat Watkins, though. He's one of the top performers in the CFL for the past week. It's always good um, when somebody else uh, notices what, you, what you're doing or what you're trying to accomplish. So, yeah, it is a good feeling knowing that, uh, you know, we worked our butt off that weekend. Uh, we actually got rewarded for it. You're called the performer of the week, but, I mean, you've had three pretty good weeks back-to-back. You've had some pretty high-profile receivers to cover, and you've been successful shutting them down. A couple of picks in the last game. It's, it's coming together well for you? Yeah, I mean, I'm starting to get a little more comfortable with the defense. Um, I thought I knew the defense, but I mean, like I said, everything is about detail and um, just pay, paying a lot of attention to uh, just the detail and assignment, knowing what it be, when it be, and um, when the play comes your way, you just have to make it. Um, you know, that's just especially what happened last week. Uh, the plays came my way. I was in the right position, so I made a play. Uh, you had a good day shutting down Williams, and uh, then it was Carter, and then the two picks last week. I mean, that's 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 a tough three weeks for a guy. Yeah, a lot of running and some pretty good guys to cover. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's good Either way, either way, you know, I could have been on the opposite end talking about how they killed me uh, for the last three weeks. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, like I said, it goes back to uh, preparation, want to. I feel like I got there, and um, when I'm out there, uh, I put a lot of attention in the detail, as, as, and I also put in a lot of attention into the, you know, just my overall technique, things that I need to do to make myself better as an individual, and um, the thing I need to do overall to make the team better as a, as a team. Has this defense turned a corner? Uh, you know, it's, it's too early to say, but I feel like yeah, we are growing, and I feel like we are progressing. We're heading towards the right way um, you know nobody's resting on what we what we've done and uh, when you have a team that, that that thinks like that and practices like that and, and wants to get better every every day then you have something special like I said the coach is doing a, did a great job of being patient um, we understand that we all in a new system and um, I mean like I said I mean I, I, we, we all have to grow up and we understand that but I mean they held our hand for as long as they could now it's on us to just go out there and get it done in Toronto you had as a team best all-around performance of the season I think how do you build on that um, I mean, we understand that that if we if we want to, we can do it, and we understand that um, we have the people out here to, to execute anything that he calls. Um, just knowing that we went out there and we played that well, um, there's no reason why we. I mean, we, we feel like there's no reason why we can't do it again, time and time again, in and out. So, 
Like I said, it's just like you said, it's something to build on, but it's nothing to rest on. We still got to continue to practice. Um, we haven't won anything yet. Uh, I think what fifth place, fourth place in the West. So, I mean, we still got a long way to go. You're playing a team that's one and seven this week. Is that tough? And or how much more of a of a mental challenge is it maybe to try and make sure that you're ready for these guys and don't take them lightly? Um, like I said, uh, you know, what I mean, where we at right now, we we can't afford to take anybody lightly. Um, we're not number one in the West, so we're not number one overall. Um, and even then, you know what I mean, it's still be hard to rest knowing that any team can come in and beat you any day. Um, Durant is a very proven quarterback, so like I said, uh, we 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 not in a position, just basically we're not in a position to be thinking that we're better than anybody. If anything, we need to go in there thinking they're ten times better than us and we need to play our butt off to make sure that we beat them. That is Patrick Watkins. Two picks against Toronto on uh, Saturday afternoon. One of the three top performers of the week in the Canadian Football League. Inside Sports presented by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. Visit actionfurnace.ca. Fun show tonight. You heard from Gene Principe in studio, from Dave Campbell, Kirk Jensen, and Peyton McDonald Korea from the Team Alberta AAA 2003 roller hockey team. They won the North American Championship. Thanks to everybody who called and texted as well. More uh, tomorrow, Kevin Carries is going to be uh, in studio as he is uh, every Wednesday, and uh, we're working on a uh, guest from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders as well. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. The studio producer is Kellen Kennedy. My name is Reed Wilkins. It is always a pleasure to bring you this program. Have a wonderful Tuesday night. We'll speak tomorrow. Now I'm going to get my milk. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.